from the historic Loretto Abbey Chapel. With the kind cooperation of the Toronto Catholic District School Board, the National Catholic Broadcasting Council presents The Daily TV Mass. Welcome to the celebration of the Daily TV Mass. I am Father Vijay Amirtharaj, and today our homilist is Deacon Mike Walsh. The televising of this Mass is made possible by the contributions from two donors. The first are Jean and Wilbur D'Souza from Mississauga, Ontario, in memory of Rose and Anthony D'Souza, Vincent, Anthony, and Dominic Degura and for the deceased members of the D'Souza, DiMello, and DiGura families, for the souls in purgatory, for youth who are away from the church, those seeking employment, couples seeking to have children, for sinners to repent, and in thanksgiving for the gift of lives and blessings received. The second is the Paul A. Flagerty family of Whitehorse, Yukon, in memory of Paul Anthony, and may God bless all the family. Our thanks to our donors for the gift of this Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Sisters and brothers, aware that our God is merciful and forgiving, we take a moment to pray for God's mercy and forgiveness. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart, Lord have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners, Christ have mercy. Christ have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. O God, from whom all good things come, grant that we who call on you in our need may at your prompting discern what is right and by your guidance do it. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows who is truly human, except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's, except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we speak of these things in the words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's Spirit, for they are foolishness to them, 
and they are unable to understand them because they are spiritual, spiritually discerned. Those who are spiritual discern all things, and they are themselves subject to no one else's scrutiny. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ, the word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus went down to Capernaum, a city in Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. They were astounded at his teaching because he spoke with authority. In the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Let us alone. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know you are the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. When the demon had thrown him down before them, he came out of him without having done him any harm. They were amazed and kept saying to one another, What kind of utterance is this? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come. And out they come. 
and a report about Jesus began to reach every place in the region. The Gospel of the Lord. As I was preparing this homily, I was looking around the internet for some quotes, and I found this quote from um, St. John Paul II, and he said, the battle against the devil, which is the principal task of St. Michael the Archangel, is still being fought today because the devil is still alive and active in the world. And when I read that quote, it reminded me, and it took me back to a statue that I owned as a young child, and actually a statue that is very prominent here in the Loretta Abbey Chapel of St. Michael. And as I remember this, and it's very similar here, the statue I had was of St. Michael, and he was standing on the devil. But what made this unique is that it had a, a staff that he had, and you could move it up and down. And my job at night was to just poke the devil in the eye as much as I can, and over time I completely obliterated them, him. And so I got to thinking about this when I read this again in this particular gospel today. What is going on? Now, where are we in Jesus' story? This is Luke chapter 4. And if you go back, of course, Luke has got the great infancy narratives. But when Jesus comes out into the world, one of the very first things he does is he goes off into the desert. Remember that? His 40 days in the desert. And while he's there, who does he come into contact with? Right at the end, the devil. And there are the three great temptations. And there's many great homilies and, and teachings on that. To turn the stones into bread, perhaps fighting the temptation to, to do things and to make yourself look good. Jesus goes up to the pinnacle of the temple with the uh, devil, and he looks out over. This is a temptation, some scholars say, to actually uh, uh, be very careful about thinking you're religiously superior to someone else. And then the devil tells Jesus to bow down before him, and Jesus just turns this down, obviously, but this is the great human temptation to actually need to be in control, to have importance and power, which is what the devil offers. Right after this, Jesus begins his ministry in Galilee, goes up to Nazareth, has this real rough time in Nazareth, actually, and they want to they throw him off a cliff. Remember that? And this story today takes place right after that. He leaves Nazareth. He comes down to this little town uh, where Simon Peter and we know his mother-in-law lives there. And we have this scene in the synagogue. It would have just been a tiny little place in a little town. And the, uh, the Jews of the town have gathered, and Jesus is teaching. And in comes this man with this unclean spirit. And Jesus deals with it. I actually then went back to the internet as well, and I, I, I took a look at uh, the mentioning of the devil or unclean spirits. And do you know, in, this, in the Bible, this one place I went, said there are well over a hundred Bible verses about the demonic or unclean spirits. In Matthew's gospel, we have Jesus doing a very similar thing. At evening, people are brought to him, and he sends out the demons. This happens over and over again. One of my favorite moments in all of the New Testament is in Luke chapter 8. That's really when we meet, and the only time we meet, before the Passion and, and Jesus' death, Mary Magdalene. And all we really know about her is that Jesus cast out these seven demons. So in today's gospel, as I mentioned, we're in this synagogue. The man comes in, and he has this, uh, this unclean spirit. And a loud voice, the demons inside him say, let us alone. But Jesus says no. He rebukes them, and he says, 
be silent and come out of him. And when the demon threw him down on the ground, here's the important thing, he came out of him without doing any harm. And everyone was amazed. We would be amazed too. But one of the questions that comes to my mind in our modern days, since we can have a hundred verses in the scriptures and there's demons everywhere, where have they all gone? We don't really see that anymore on the street corners, or do we? You know, there's this constant theme in the, in the gospel about praying the cost of discipleship. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus calls the twelves together, and he sends them out two by two, and he gives them authority over the unclean spirits. He wants them to go and cast these unclean spirits out. So how do we do that today? We're the disciples. We're called to go and, and cast out these unclean spirits. Well, one of the places I encourage you to look is a beautiful book that's written by our very own deacon Robert Kinghorn. You've seen him appear as a homeless here uh, on the Daily TV Mass, and he's written a book called The Church of the Street. And in this book, he really details his call to ministry. Now, I've known uh, Rob for a long time, uh, since I was ordained in 2004 is when we first met, and Rob being about 112 years old, he's been a deacon a lot longer than I. Okay, he's not really 112, but he's been a deacon a long time. And right around the same time as I was discerning to go and be in ministry to those who are ex-offenders, he was making this change in his ministry. And it was a simple idea that he had. Simply walk around the troubled streets of Toronto, and while he was walking around those troubled streets, not as a social worker, not to hand out money or try to fix anything, just be a friend who would listen. He mentions Pope Francis who says, I Pope Francis says this, I prefer a church which is bruised, hurting, dirty because it has been on the streets. And so in Rob's little book, you will see his journey. And in this journey, he talks about helping people to cast out their own demons. But he does this through the ministry of presence, showing up every Thursday, rain, shine, and in Canada during the winter of very cold nights. It's a book about a discipleship based on humility, which is perhaps the most important lesson, that we're not called to go out into the world with anything but humility, and we are not called to fix people. We have to fight that temptation. The book is about being open to failure, because when you have this courage to go out into the world, many times you will fail. And it's also a book about leaving room for the Holy Spirit. He talks about Gordy in the book. Gordy is a joint friend of ours. I got to meet Gordy as he was coming out of prison, and he was a man who had many demons. But through his life, all he really wanted was three things. He wanted to live his life as a free man, he wanted to live it free from drugs, and he wanted to have family and friends at his funeral. And through Christian people who were out there working with him, not trying to fix him, they helped him deal with the modern-day demons of shame, bitterness, and resentment. And Gordy died. He died on the streets of Toronto from a, from a brain aneurysm. But when he died, he died with people by his side. He had been reunited with his family, and they were there at the moment of his death. He lived a number of years as a completely free man. And when the results of his autopsy came back, he was free from drugs. And as I mentioned, he had, friends by, he had his family by his side when he died, and at his memorial service, which I was at, there was over 100 people in attendance. How are we called to help out others, to cast out their demons? It's through compassion. 
Father Greg Boyle says, here is what we seek. We seek a compassion that can stand in awe of what the poor have to carry, rather than stand in judgment about how they carry it. We're called to be those disciples, offer that compassion, to help others cast out their demons through a ministry of presence, so that they then can go out into the world in peace to glorify the Lord by their lives. God bless. So let us offer our prayers now to our Holy Father. And for all of those in the daily TV Mass community who have asked to be included in the prayer intentions book, especially for the families for peace of heart in times of blessing and difficulty, protection for children, and respect for the elderly. For this, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. We offer these prayers to you, Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who we know will say the word and our souls will be healed. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord, God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth, and work of human hands. It will become for us our spiritual food. Blessed are you, Lord, God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become for us our spiritual drink. Pray, sisters and brothers, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, our Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice of your hands to the praise and glory of the name Look kindly upon our service, O Lord, we pray, that what we offer may be an acceptable oblation to you and lead us to grow in charity through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in goodness you created human beings, and when we were justly condemned, in mercy you redeemed us through Christ. Through him the angels praise your majesty, dominions adore, and powers tremble before you. Heaven and the virtues of heaven and the blessed seraphim worship together with exaltation. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in humble praise as we acclaim.
You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dew fall, so that they may become for us the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed, and he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread and, giving thanks, broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity. Together with Francis, our Pope, Thomas, our Bishop, and all the clergy and the people you have gathered. Remember also all our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and we praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever.
At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we now dare to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the kingdom the power, the power the glory, the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, you said your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other a sign of peace. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that he should enter under my roof, but only say the word, my soul shall be. Please join me now in this act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the Blessed Sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire you in my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my heart, as though you were already there. I embrace you and unite myself wholly to you, Permit not that I should ever be separated from you. Amen. Let us pray. May your healing work, O Lord, free us, we pray, from doing evil and lead us to what is right. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. Our thanks to our donors for the gift of this Mass.